0: So, um, I'm going to do a review of The Rise of Skywalker, which has ended the current reboot series. So, we had the original three Star Wars films, which long since uh, entered public consciousness and never went away. Um, With the uh, first Star Wars film, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. There was an attempt in the 90s to reboot it with George Lucas involved And it was an absolute disaster. Um, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are two of the worst films I've ever seen. Just jaw droppingly inept filmmaking on every level. And showed that he had no idea why people loved those films. And the main reason was we loved the cast and there was no cast to love in those films even great people that uh, are normally worshipped in everything they do like Samuel L. Jackson or Ewan McGregor just weren't they were just as dull as the dullest script on earth ever was. Revenge of the Sith uh, the third one it was half awful but the last half of it was one of the darkest major story arcs I've seen in cinema and it was really quite good and probably the most beautiful looking of the Star Wars films. And it was regarded as a a deep failure, not economically, it made a fortune, but as uh, critically, it was a disaster. Well, they came back with a great splash for another round of three films, this time with two satellite movies, and attempted to do the whole thing again, unlike the middle reboot, which was a prequel trilogy that happened before the very first Star Wars film. This carried on from Return of the Jedi set some years after, with the re-emergence of the evil Galactic Empire, um, which had been seen off in Return of the Jedi, and um, that came with The Force Awakens in 2015 with J.J. Abrams at the helm, who's got a good track record of reboots, given the Star Trek first film was absolutely superb, and it got a lot of acclaim on release. I'm going to go through the four films leading up to The, the Rise of Skywalker, which I'll play a track and then do a full review of that. Um, this film I, I did like. Um, I thought that on the plus side it had the shock of the new and it had um, a, a reasonably decent story. I felt like it was a bit like the movie Creed which was a decent reboot of the rocky franchise but it's it's sort of hewed too close to the story of the original star wars film uh just like the creed film the 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 screenplay was a little bit too close to the rocky film to the extent where there wasn't any surprise in what really happened um there were some plus points along the way um i didn't I wouldn't say that I have completely warmed to the new cast at all, but the first hour or so of the film was probably the best that any of these new characters had. Daisy Ridley as Rey was the Luke Skywalker of the franchise and definitely the lead actor, and I've never really warmed to her. Um, I thought she was a bit clumsy and a bit obvious and not really that engaging. People used to complain about Mark Hamill and his acting and and indeed some of the cast from the original Star Wars films but he inhabited something special in the fact that he came across as a tortured American teen who was, you know, looking at the big city lights and I thought that worked perfectly for his character whereas the Daisy Ridley character was a bit of a non-entity. She wasn't really anything. She was sort of... The character scene put together in a laboratory... But I thought it made the best use of John Belieger as Finn and Oscar Isaac as Poe. I thought they had their finest of the three main films in the first sort of hour. I have thought probably the biggest miss of the whole thing is that it didn't focus on Finn being a stormtrooper. I've often thought about this watching the Star Wars films about how they just basically kidnap children all over the universe and force them to become these stormtroopers who the heroes continually kill. In their thousands, without thinking of them as humans, but that was the only point in the whole franchise, in all of the three re- uh, main iterations of Star Wars, where we put a human face on the stormtrooper, and I thought that was a really missed opportunity. But I thought throughout the first hour of that film, those two characters, Oscar Isaac, who I think is a brilliant actor, I thought those two characters really came into their own, particularly with Finn trying to flee and not be involved in anything that happened. And another thing I liked is that they actually made the best use of one of the main legacy characters uh, with Harrison Ford's story arc in, in The um, Force Awakens. I thought that was um, uh, actually really well used. And I like the um, Adam Driver character who was Kylo Ren. I thought he was really interesting in that film as well. It looked great. Um, like all of the films, it had some superfluous guff in it. Uh, particularly like this whole sequence where han solo first appears and they have this fight on the ship and it didn't mean anything and it didn't go anywhere to sort of furthering the story Uh, he sort of like has these people come and find him he owes them money and we've been down that road in so many films it wasn't an interesting half an hour of the film it just didn't go anywhere and to the film's detriment the story after that didn't really go anywhere either Um, The interesting parts were dealing with Adam Driver and his connection with Daisy Ridley's Ray character and the fact that they had this connection. I thought that was the strongest story element. But ultimately, it came down to blowing up the Death Star again, Um, and we have been down that road many times. So I thought it was very passable entertainment that looked very good. I thought it had probably less fat on the bones than the other two main reboots had, um and i thought the characters that were no that weren't really developed after the first hour much uh particularly uh the oscar isaac and jumbo jaeger characters weren't developed at all they sort of sunk into the background in a holding pattern after that i thought they had their best sort of time in the force awakens than they did in the other films so um, i think that was a pretty strong effort as far as an entertaining film goes i'd give that a seven and a half out of ten and moving on there was the first um, standalone film rogue one and now that was a very interesting premise in that it took place in the events leading up to the first star wars film to the very second and i thought that that was a really interesting concept Um, the whole notion of um, when we open the very first Star Wars film Princess Leia is being chased by Darth Vader's ship and that is pretty much where this film ends but this is a film I think that deserves its place more than any other in the whole of the five films I thought it had the least fat on its bones unlike the others which got incredibly messy plot wise this followed a very simple, straightforward plot, which was that they wanted to get the designs for the Death Star so they could find out this weakness that had been built into it by the Mads Mickelson character. The cast in this one was excellent, better than any of the other ones. Um, I thought Felicity Jones was much better character and much better acting than the Daisy Ridley character. I really appreciated her. Diego Luna is going to come up later in the show he was excellent as well kind of the Oscar Isaac character but um, there was a really good side cast Ben Mendelsohn um, would have made a great villain to have carried on in the other films but unfortunately we only got him in one Mads Mickelson's a great actor as well and the whole notion that he was um, co-opted by the, the evil empire to build the death star and that he built in something uh, an inherent fault in it so that the rebels could then destroy it i thought really dovetailed nicely It was the only film out of all of them that added to the original three uh and riz ahmed another great actor as well so they had a really strong cast in this one (coughs) and it just followed them towards this end the other thing that it had that was really good about it was um it had the um overriding notion of self-sacrifice people giving up their life for a greater good that they themselves wouldn't see and that's given very poignantly in the end where everyone dies i'm sorry these are going to have spoilers in but if you haven't seen them all already you probably don't care about them anyway um everyone dies at the end with the appearance of the death star and they know they are and they go to their deaths willingly so that others may thrive and i found that quite poignant and quite powerful and um, emotionally, the film was a bit more resonant than, no, it wasn't. It was much more resonant than the main three reboots um, because it was actually quite heartbreaking. You've got at the end, you've got Diego Luna and um, what's her name again? Felicity Jones on the beach watching this incoming nuclear apocalypse. And I thought that was pretty full on. It's, it's rare for Hollywood films like this to just kill everyone. And the fact that everyone knew that that was the likely outcome but did it anyway, I thought it was pretty powerful. Um, I thought it was the the stronger of the stories and um, I thought overall it was by far the best film. So I'd give Rogue One 8.5 out of 10. It's my pick of all of the five uh, as the best. Uh, Then we went to the most controversial of the uh, films and I don't know now, looking back, why which was The Last Jedi, and it wasn't directed by J.J. Abrams. It was directed by Rian Johnson, whose film Knives Out I just absolutely adored, and primarily from the writing, yet the writing in this I th- felt was awful. It got trashed by a fan base, but not the critics. The critics loved it, and the fan base trashed it for not sticking to Star Wars canon law. I don't understand that, because the last film, uh, which I'm going to review in full did exactly the same thing so i don't know why that got a free pass and this one didn't um, that and the other reasons were there's a really sexist uh, racist empowered group of people on the internet now sadly who like this kind of film and who found that the film even though it's full of aliens was had too many female characters and too many non-white men which is just beyond ludicrous if you even watch the original films and i didn't that wasn't my problem with it my problem with it is it was two and a half hours long but didn't really have a story it started with them being chased by the empire and ended with them being chased by the empire and you could have easily cut the film out of the trilogy and not changed anything it didn't really matter the only bit that really mattered was the fact that um, the characters of rey and kylo ren their bond formed and they sort of took on the evil villain Snoke Snoke. and Snoke was a really underdeveloped character he was uh, Andy Serkis who's been brilliant in every single um, computer generated character he's ever played but this was a character that compared to the likes of um, the Master and Darth Vader was very very underdeveloped there wasn't a lot to him and when he died I thought back to the sequence in Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader actually turned his back on the dark side and killed the Master and himself in order to save Luke Skywalker. That was a brilliant operatic sequence. This one where Kylo and Rey defeat Snoke is not. It's sort of perfunctory. Um, There are numerous asides in this film where they disappear off into the distance and uh characters land on a planet and tool around for half an hour that just don't need to be there it's got so much fat on it um and that's because there isn't really much story Um the main crux of the story is luke skywalker in this film and his bit is middling the fact that he's turned his back on everyone he's turned his back on his jedi ways he was responsible for creating kylo ren in the first place does have some agency as a strength to the story um but it's nowhere near enough to to last two and a half hours why this film was that long there was so much that could have been cut out of it i thought it was the first real misfire it's got over 90 percent on rotten tomatoes but i felt like It was meaningless and the one overarching theme word that I would use for this entire reboot is purposelessness. There was just no purpose to it existing. I didn't think anyone stood out and I thought the use of Leia was poor. um, Nowhere near as interesting as Harrison Ford was used in the previous film. Um, And this was Carrie Fisher's swan song as well but she just didn't have anything to do. So I found this to be the first real dud. Um, they got off to a flyer with, I thought, Rogue One and the fa- and the Force Awakens, but I found The, the Last Jedi to be um, just a non-entity. I felt the ending with Skywalker was the one-plus point. I thought visually that was stunning, and the lots of the sequences are visually very striking. But for someone as good as ri- uh, a writer as uh, Rian Johnson is, I felt like there was nothing to this film, um, and just shy of being average. So I'm going to give... The Last year, died four and a half out of ten. Uh, That moves us on to the biggest failure and the thing that really showed the rot setting in. Um, Ron Howard, who I've got very little time for as a director, like Steven Spielberg, but even more diluted. Um, Many films I've watched of his seem to just treat the audience as idiots. Uh, Solo, the film that was supposed to be about Han Solo before the Star Wars movies, I felt was the most inconsequential of them all. It seemed to be based around a series of set pieces. Uh, the guy playing uh, hand Solo was Alden Erin Reich, or however you say it. Um, the rest of the, Clark, the cast was just completely uninteresting. Uh, lots of actors like Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, Sandy Newton all people I feel like can be great in great films but can also be quite tepid in poor ones were quite tepid in this and by the time it got to the end I just didn't really understand what the film was made for and they tend to retrofit a lot of this stuff as well so Han Solo was supposed to be this guy that was tooling around the universe being a smuggler and a, a laughable rogue and here they kind of try and make him out to be a bit of a, a pre-rebel hero and i don't it just seemed to have no purpose in in existing at all um it certainly passed by with the least amount of interest of all the films for me and i'm going to give solo four out of ten the other thing is of course it showed that harrison ford is the key player in all of the star wars franchises his, his hand solo is the most loved out of all of the characters created and having someone else pay him just doesn't work. And it showed, I've, I've got more and more appreciation for Harrison Ford and Clint Eastwood and actors like that as I've got older, because they may not always be brilliant actors, but like Humphrey Bogart, it's their personality they bring to the screen, which is just irre- unreplaceable. And the guy that replaces him can't do it. Um, but it was a really tepid offering. Like I said, it was like various stages in a video game no real story uh and that is the four films i'm going to give solo a four out of ten so force awakens i give seven and a half rogue one i thought was excellent eight and a half out of ten quite moving and then the rot sat in uh, set in with um the last jedi uh vastly bloated no real story and i'll give that four and a half out of ten solo the biggest box office disaster in the franchise lost an awful lot of money if you look at um, the box office for the force awakens two billion dollars and the box office for solo was 380 million dollars that's some come down and the next film which i'll do a full review after the next track is um, the box office was one billion, half as much as the first in the trilogy. And I think that tells you exactly what you need to know. So I'll do a full review of uh, You're With Julian on the Brown rounding up my thoughts on the latest Star Wars reboot. And I did the four films leading up to this one, uh, which came out at Christmas. And a very mixed bag. And um, I didn't go into the story because it's all of the story is pretty much covered by the first three films it doesn't stray very very far at all um, replace Daisy Ridley with Luke Skywalker replace Kylo Ren with Darth Vader and you're pretty much there so um, I don't see that there's uh, much point in going over this story because it doesn't really go very far beyond that um, other than um, other than Rogue One which was a complete marvel for me so the final in the five came out off the back of, for me, two very lacklustre films, and the the solo was a satellite film, so that was pretty ignored. Um, but the Last Jedi it, it it did significantly less at the box office, but was still a success critically, and still did one point three billion at the box office. But it's very clear that they went back to the drawing board because um, they brought back J.J. Abrams uh, after Rian Johnson endured the wrath of Star Wars fans, something that I'm still not 100% sure about, um, given this film was um, quite well received on, on the, the levels that the previous film was criticised, and it does the same things. Um so they came back and um made rise of skywalker which um got the worst reviews out of all of the films now um this time around the 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 biggest criticism leveled at uh, the rise of skywalker was that um they'd lost their nerve uh, that rian johnson took some big gambles with the storytelling and with the canon of star wars and that this time around they made a film that was so in debt to fan service that it it became a misnomer um, and it just pandered to people that shouldn't have been pandered to um my own thoughts on this film um, basically it's the same again we find ourselves with uh, the rebels fighting the the evil empire and there being this battle between the good side of the force and the dark side of the force which has pretty much been in every single movie Um, this time around we get um, instead of Snoke and this is what I don't get about why this film was given a free pass they go all the way back to Emperor Palpatine who was the original master from Return of the Jedi and the original baddie in the middle trilogy and the best actor I think in all of the films certainly the best actor in the middle trilogy I thought he was absolutely superb where's his name i've got to find his name because i thought he was the one ian mcdiamond uh, ian mcdiamid um he was superb as emperor palpatine who became the master in that middle trilogy he was the one standout character that i thought was an awards worthy performance so this time around they just decide to basically resurrect absolutely anything they can get their hands on put every single character they can get from the previous or the original franchise back in the film instead of snoke who was defeated by kylo ren and ray in the middle film uh the last jedi um, we now get the fact that actually em- that was a bag jumping off the table i wonder if that's indicative of its opinion of this film um this time around they've just basically retconned everything so even though they had the main baddie and replaced him with kylo ren they decided to bring back from the dead emperor palpatine who was apparently all along the baddie in the background he's on this planet where he's got a thousand death star ship things uh the the big triangle ships not the round ships they're the two ships you get in star wars for the baddies other than the tie fighters you get the big triangle scary ones or the big round ones and they simply couldn't bring themselves to use the death star yet again Um, So that we didn't see. We got the triangle ones. And he's been hiding in the mysterious lands for some reason, um, building up this Sith army that's going to take over the universe pretty much like every other Star Wars film. Uh, And it's a battle again between Kylo Ren as the dark side of the Force and uh, between Rey as the good side of the Force, and each one trying to corrupt or reach out to the other one to bring them over to their side. Uh, kylo ren wants to rule the universe with ray by his side ray wants him to acknowledge that he's got good in him still and and he can flip back to the other side and all the while uh, this uh, palpatine character is uh, pulling the strings from this invisible distance um this is uh, by this brings something new to the franchise i think the um screenplays on the other films were deeply lacking, apart from Rogue One, and about half of uh, the Force Awakens. I thought Solo and uh, the Last Jedi the screenplays were very poor. This brings something new to the equation, which is completely inept, incompetent filmmaking. The screenplay here is an unbelievable mess. They say in art, one of the most important things an artist can do is make choices, um, and you see that quite cleanly in films where you know like i said with the knives out review where um the really bad versions of those agatha christie films they work through every single person being the guilty person and then they change it 10 minutes later to the next person this is a film that makes no choices at all it chooses everything every single thing it can choose it goes through and then five minutes later it's on to the next Um, it's very very messy Uh, the first hour or so of this film has no purpose whatsoever there's no clean story at all Um, and the writing here is the laziest out of all of the franchise an example of that would be a bit halfway through the film where ray crosses this very dangerous ocean to try and um, get hold of this object that will show her where emperor palpatine is hiding in this mysterious system in space and she's got all the power in the universe because she's like this super hot jedi person and the character of finn follows her across the ocean even though it's death defying journey and when he gets there all he does is yell hi from a distance and i just thought why why do this why have that in the film at all it served no narrative purpose he got there he saw her from a distance and yelled out hi and another bit she's looking throughout the whole film for this triangular box that will show her it's a navigational tool that will show her where Palpatine is hiding and he's got all his army now she steals Kylo Ren's spaceship which is very small like a Honda Civic not really but you know what I mean And she crashes the thing and burns it down and Luke Skywalker points out that this triangular shaped box which she had already held in her hands before Kylo Ren destroyed the second one. uh, There was another one that she'd already got and he destroyed it. Was sitting on the dashboard right in front of her eyes the whole time she's flying his little ship. And there's just so many instances of very weak lazy writing where they've gone oh whatever let's do that. Um, and I just don't get it how they thought that all of these moments would add up to a, a screenplay of a story because they don't. It happens over and over again. Instead of the Death star, they obviously went, okay, what can we do instead of the Death star? We've done that like in three different films. So what do we do now? Well, they've gone back to the triangle ships and made them as powerful as death stars. So once again, they blow up a poor heart, uh, helpless planet just to prove a point which they've already done and it's it's, that's it the final battle itself is a monumental mess you can't follow anything that's happening everything is so telegraphed like when the cavalry comes over the horizon you're basically you might as well have a metronome ticking it off because you know everything that is going to happen and it does and it happens in the order you expect it to happen um there's really no flashpoints of brilliance like i said the oscar isaac and uh, john boyega characters aren't developed any further than they were in the first hour of the very first film um ray does a lot more acting in this film but not to any positive note um she's more tortured and so is the um, adam driver kylo ren characters more tortured but embarrassingly so not that they're great performances. And the other thing they continually do is is use every opportunity to bring back someone or something from the previous films. So virtually every single moment in this is somehow retrofitted. They'll take a ship or a moment or a scene from the first three films or a character like Lando Calrissian and just plop them back in the film, in this one, for no reason at all. It's like they just basically, this was a fan fiction film. That they made up. So someone wrote a fan fiction story based on those first three films, only using elements of those first three films, only using characters which continually cro- crop up, but don't service any wider agenda. Um, I think overall, it feels like this is. I don't know if it's still a politically correct term. Chinese whispers like they've made one film with no real idea where to go the next person the different directors come on board he's heard about that film and made his own film in his own direction and then the third guy's come along and he's also heard about the other films and made his own film again there was no cohesive whole going into this there was no three three film story arc and it's painfully obvious that they didn't have any overreaching theme or story to add to this film And that that all of the chickens come home to roost in this one because the first hour may as well not exist because nothing really happens. They go to a couple of planets and a couple of minor things happen. And then it's back to let's have a massive battle where everyone's involved and the cavalry comes over the hill at the last minute and rescues everyone and we defeat the Emperor for the 15th time. Um, It's like they just made three standalone films that kind of referenced each other but had no business being together Um, this is by far the weakest i don't think anyone stood out carrie fisher is used in cgi form because she's dead and even being dead isn't enough to stop them resurrecting you in this movie uh mark hamill he appears very briefly uh han solo's character's dead he appears as well um yeah, like I said, uh, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac may as well be in the first hour of the first film because nothing really happens to them. Richard E. Grant comes back. Um, Kelly Marie Tran, the most controversial character of the middle film, gets less than one minute on screen. Um, so, And Billy Dee Williams as Lando Calrissian appears for no reason, just because he was in the original three. This is the worst of the bunch. It's almost unwatchable. Uh, I was glad when it finished, actually, <clears throat> because it's 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 got no story and nothing you haven't seen before, but all of it done worse than any of the other films, barring those uh, Attack of the Clones or uh, Phantom Menace. So I'm going to give... Uh, I, think, I think this trilogy, including the two satellite films which pump it out to five films, is very much like The Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings, if you say these films versus the original trilogy. The original trilogy remain untouched and unimpeachable, but this feels like the Hobbit trilogy. There was no purpose to it, and even though the Hobbit had its own story, they just stuffed two thirds of it with just gibberish that they'd made up as they went along. And these films feel like they made them up as they went along. Maybe on, um, you know, every time someone had a criticism of the film, they tried to address address it, but they needed to sit down at the start and work out a three film story arc, and they clearly didn't Um, so this is the worst of the bunch so I'm going to give Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker a paltry 3 out of 10 and that's pretty bad going because I gave the first one 7.5 Rogue 1 8.5 and and then 3 in a row sub 5 The Last Jedi 4.5 out of 10 Solo 4 out of 10 and this one which is a much more ineptly made film which is often cringeable and often very stupid in its writing as 3 out of 10 for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, a massive failure of a reboot for me. This is Bill Fay, who I've been talking about his new album, it made in his late uh, 70s, and the fact that he released two brilliant albums at the start of the 70s and then was forgotten for decades. Well, this is one of them. This is from that self-titled debut album, and a good indication of how... Uh, Brilliant songwriter.